0: I am now convinced that we are living in a time of unprecedented evil and delusion. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. And let me welcome you to the weekend edition of Truth to Ponder, and I'm your host, Bob Bierman. I've got so many things today I want to share from my heart, and I've got several different topics that are on my mind. I don't even know where to begin at times. These past weeks, for me personally, they've been hard and difficult for a number of reasons. Uh, my wife, even, as I prepare for this program, she spent a lot of her years as what is called a guinea pig rescuer. In other words, people get these pets and realize they can't take care of them, and they take them to places. And she kind of became a surrogate or you know guinea pig caregiver. And since for years, she's been doing that. Well, the last one, unexpectedly, was gone this morning. And it's kind of a heartbreaker because she had so many that she gave love to and and shared her life with to make their little lives that started out miserably with maybe some kid uh, having it in their bedroom in a small cage and not being cared for. At least all the ones that she had, she gave good care. So... You may say, well, Bob, it's just a guinea pig. Well, you know, we've also had, I've had a lot of pet dogs over the year, all small ones. And every one of them, when they would leave and their time was up, they all lived to be ripe old ages. It still hurt because they were a part of the family. So that's kind of where we're starting at today. I've been thinking also about this program and the things we've talked about over the past year. And I've got a number of stories in front of me. And, and I'm thinking, when I was still doing what was just called Your Weekend Show, I felt very strongly about doing a program called The Politics of a Pandemic. Because some of the things we were being told early on were beginning not to add up. And if anybody was willing to look at things with an open mind, and research carefully, look for the facts and separate it from the fiction and fairy tales. There's a lot of truth that was being ignored. Obviously, the news media, the way they do things is pretty simple. They are always looking for one of two things a sensationalistic headline to grab your attention. I mean, the old saying we had in the 70s, if it bleeds, it leads in the news. That's just the way it is. So you're looking for the horror stories, the stories that give you fear, trepidation, makes your life miserable because you are just worried all the time about what next. And the other thing that has been disturbing is how Christians have responded to many of the things that are going on in our world today. I I use the opening line of this time of delusion. And we are living, I really believe, in a time of delusion. More so than any other time of my life. We're told to believe things officially that are simply not true. Dr. Fauci, in terms of the virus, has become an indisputable god, so to speak, by the media. Whatever he says has got to be true. It's got to be true because Dr. Fauci is our hope, our way to get out of all this. We put our faith in Dr. Fauci. And a lot of people do. Wrongly. And even when you remind people of all the things that he has said over the past 19 months that have proven to be wrong, they still want to believe. I'm reminded of back in my early radio days when I was a disc jockey. I think both the Carpenters and and Rod Stewart sang the song, Reason to Believe. If I listen long enough to you, I'll find a way to believe it's all true. And we treat Dr. Fauci that way. We need a reason to believe. We want to believe whatever he says. And we want to do whatever he says because he will get us out of this entire mess that we've been given. Delusion, control, fear. Fear is a great motivator. We know that. And I'm not going to talk too much extensively about it until maybe later in the program. I've got some things that are very personal, at least in the second half. I'm not sure how I want to address it. I'm still debating it deeply inside how to deal with, with something that may be of help to you. It's never easy for me to share it, but I will. And we'll, when we get to the second half of the program, we'll, we'll talk about it more Once again, we have all these highly transmissible variants, according to Dr. Fauci said this past Tuesday. He's looking now for the monster variant. I mean, the monster variant. Of course, he does this on MSNBC. Morning Joe program. There's always a great risk, he says. If you get more circulation of a virus in a community, then you'll get enough accumulation of new mutations to get a variant substantially different than the ones we're seeing now. That's what he said on MSNBC's Morning Joe. Now, I got news for you. This man, there's one thing that has been consistent with Dr. Fauci. He's wrong most of the time. Let's be honest. He's wrong most of the time. Let's go back to last summer, the summer of 2020. Now, we'll talk about what I think of these so-called vaccines. And, and of course, Dr. Fauci was fully aware of the kind of uh, treatments that were being pursued. After all, he had a hand in making this virus to begin with that has been unleashed on our world. Let's be honest. The man is involved up to his neck. And as I said the other day, if you listen to the weekday version of this program, he is desperate to get this virus behind us, get everybody afraid and hurry up and get the vaccine, because he falsely believes the vaccine is his savior to get us out of this. And then maybe in a year or two, everybody will forget. If we magically all get vaccinated, yet the statistics and the data coming out, I got news for you. The vaccine is not working. All the expectations we were given in December, they're vanishing like dust in the wind. Only way to describe it. Everybody ran out. I can remember people that I know. They couldn't wait To get this new vaccine because they wanted this nightmare that had been going on at that point for about 10 months to be over. They wanted to be able to not wear a face diaper in a Walmart. They wanted to know they could go to a restaurant and not have somebody greet them at the door with a face mask and rubber gloves. They wanted to know that they could go to the park with their children and just be alive again. But then you got Fauci now talking about a doomsday variant that could be worse than the Delta, which is highly transmissible. So many people think the Delta variant could lead to the doomsday variant. But the one story they don't like to talk about when they talk about Lamba and Mu and others variants, where are they coming from? Where are these variants coming from? And what people don't want to acknowledge, but the evidence is increasingly showing, they're coming from those that have been vaccinated. A number of scientists that have no political agenda, they're not being paid to say one thing or another, they're just talking from experience. That's something else that disturbs me in our world today. Big money talks. I was reading a story the other day about a professor that finally, after suing his university, George Mason University in D.C., for a medical exemption to the vaccine. Well, the school caved and they settled out of court so he does not have to get the vaccine, but they're not changing their policy. They, they're, they're still believers, and I think this is part of the mass delusion. They're believers that the vaccine is our savior. That's all that can work. And God forbid anybody have a way to treat this because then the vaccines are unneeded. And we've got to get everybody vaccinated. There's this single-mindedness that we have to vaccinate the entire world. Bill Gates is out there saying we must vaccinate every human being on the planet against this coronavirus. That's the same Bill Gates that once said we can control population with a vaccine. Just remember that. It's the same Bill Gates that put together Event 201 in October of 2019. They would planned it for months. And what was Event 201 all about? A coronavirus pandemic that is unleashed on the world. Isn't it amazing that in a matter of just weeks, this virus was already making itself known in China, probably around the same time as event 201. Isn't that just remarkable that it was starting to come out of China in October, maybe even September of 2019 and nobody knew anything about it until maybe the end of december we began to hear about there's some little virus thing going on in china but nothing to worry about the who says it's not even really contagious we don't know much about it and within what three months the whole world is on edge As we're counting all these cases, and then we're attributing all these people dying to COVID-19. Then we have the MU variant, MU, the MU variant. It's a mutation that will probably, they claim, evade all the COVID-19 vaccines. So we have to have a new booster. (laughs) You see where this is going? It's a dangerous game of whack-a-mole. That's what it is. We're gonna keep trying to get ahead of the variants that are being created by they're being created by the vaccines. Let's go back to last year. I have a logical mind, and sometimes that can be a, a, a terrible thing to some people. When you take emotion and opinion out and just look at pure logic, we went from this virus being released on the world. Sometime in 2019, all the way up until basically January of this year, maybe February and March. And we seldom talked about variants. Because what few variants were out there at the time were tending to do what what most variants do with many different type of viruses. They kind of wind down. In other words, they become far less lethal, because even though a virus is technically not a a living organism, they seem to have a built-in understanding of how to survive. And generally, a virus can survive if it is less lethal and more contagious, And then it just begins to work its way out. And as some experts had said back in 2020, if we would just leave this alone, it would eventually burn itself out, snuff itself out in time, where even if it becomes an endemic, it's an endemic of a far less deadly disease. And these things are considered a novel Virus, meaning that we have never been exposed to one like it before, and so our bodies are not really built to deal with it. But the vast majority of people that came down, regardless if they got really sick or not, lived and survived. But we started last year with the entire idea of abject fear. Remember if you watch TV, I know a lot of you don't, but there was some TV images that came out starting to see them in February of people just walking down the street in China, on the streets just minding their own business and suddenly they grasp their they're gasping for air and they grasp their necks and they 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 fall to the ground. And moments later you see a hazmat team with a stretcher run over to pick up the dead body. Those Images were out there in February of last year, and those images are phony, fake, and staged. Yet many people around the world believe that if you just walk past somebody that had it, and you breathe the air that they had just exhaled into just moments ago, that you would immediately get COVID, and before you got home, you would collapse on the streets and die. That's some pretty hefty fear. We keep hearing how hospitals are overrun with COVID patients because of those horribly unvaccinated individuals. No, today's lepers. And this made the entire Delta variant look highly dangerous. It helped keep people in a state of continued panic. It gins up support for these draconian insane vaccine mandates. You can't keep your job unless you get jabbed. This is not, there's something wrong with this. Especially with an unproven vaccine. Researchers have found that a substantial number of those admitted to the hospitals, adults and children, either have minor symptoms or were checked in for something totally unrelated to COVID. But somehow, because they test everybody coming into the hospital these days, Remember, everybody gets tested, especially if they are among the unvaccinated. In other words, if you're unvaccinated and you end up in the hospital, you will be tested for COVID-19. The problem is, we know, there are an incredibly high number of false positives. In other words, somebody coming in with a, with a ruptured appendix may test positive. But they're only in there for an appendicitis, not COVID. But because they tested positive, they're being reported as, guess what? Are hospitals full of COVID, people? uh, There's a story about Idaho. Hospitals are rationing care. Doctors fear the COVID peak may still be weeks away. However, these are the kind of headlines you see. COVID-19, hospitals overrun with COVID patients, hospitalization sore, filling pediatric wings. And we're finding out that a lot of these people in the hospital, yeah, they may have tested positive, but they have no COVID symptoms. Now, look, I'm not saying, if you've listened to me before, I am not saying this disease does not have its dangers for certain segments of this population. Trust me, I understand that. I really do. But as the death rates are actually going down, the media is now screaming the word cases and focusing on people that are hospitalized. Yeah, they're in the hospital. Their COVID test may say positive because they always test the unvaccinated regardless. They don't have any symptoms. And then magically, they may test negative two days later. I've seen, I know someone that's actually had that happen. The article is pointing, to some articles I've been reading out of The Atlantic. And not my most trustworthy source, but it's fascinating some of the things they find. The article points to a new study by researchers at the Veterans Administration, Boston Healthcare uh, System, and Tufts University, They're trying to understand the severity of these hospital visits by looking at electronic records data from the VA hospitals across the country. That way they could see which COVID patients needed supplemental oxygen or whose blood levels went below 94%, which are the general indicators of a severe COVID case. They found out that as COVID was emerging and before they even had vaccines, Two-thirds of those that tested positive had severe symptoms. But this year, it's far less. The rest either had been admitted for other reasons or the disease was so mild, it didn't matter. But see, understand, NBC, MSNBC, CNN, they're going to be saying, you know, the unvaccinated need to be starved to death. They should be forbidden buying groceries, gasoline or air, electricity or the Internet. Yet we don't even know the full risk. These mandates about face mask. Yep, they're back. Here's what's troubling. You know, we were told that face masks work. We know they really don't. There's the problem. It's it's theater. Now you got people saying anybody under the over the age of two needs to wear a face diaper. Why? Why? Children are not the carriers. They don't spread it to adults. What what kind of satanic insanity is this? You go back, and I've been researching some studies that go back years, about wearing even a face mask in surgery. Even that is somewhat questionable in surgery, but it's just an added precaution. And they do it for bacteria, not for viruses, because... A virus is one one thousandth the size of bacteria. I'm telling you, face masks—they're back. They're going to be back for a while. The Delta variant is not halting the spread of the virus. Uh, the Centers for Disease Control now—they they talk about face mask indoors, even if fully vaccinated. Have we ever had a vaccine that didn't work like this one? Never before. This vaccine is proving one thing. It does not really work. Everything you were promised back in December. It's become a big lie. And we're finding out. Some interesting statistics. That face masks don't work. But we have to wear them anyway in some some states and places. You know. The chances of getting COVID. Now, I'm not saying uh, I would not put myself in what I call harm's way during the flu season, let alone COVID. I'm I'm cautious. One of the reasons that we, uh, at my age, I just don't do certain things that often anymore. There are estimates. The odds of acquiring COVID-19 from contact with an infected person just in normal day-to-day life is like 1 in 3,868. Let me say that again in case you missed it. The odds of acquiring a COVID-19 infection from someone that has it in general everyday settings. And I'll show you, I'll give you the, ex- the ex- exemption in just a moment is 1 in 3,868. So if you and your wife are COVID-free and you happen to run down to your local grocery store for about 15 minutes, your odds are really low, 1 in 3,868, you're going to get COVID. And of course, every day, and it's going to lower the odds, but What happens is, is when you are in long-term contact with somebody that has it, and we've seen that example twice in our own family, where somebody was exposed to somebody that had it for a several-day period of time, and then, of course, the risk is just astronomically higher. And in both cases, two people that we know contracted COVID-19 in that fashion. But they live to talk about it. The mask is really an exercise in futility. It is theater to make us believe the government is doing something about this dreaded disease. Let's just quickly summarize the phony face mask for a moment, especially putting them on children. And I shared that little audio clip the other day about the little just barely over two years of age baby uh, has asthma and was having trouble on an airliner, American Airlines, I might add, flying from Dallas to Colorado Springs, less than an hour flight. They're on their way up to cruising altitude, and they turned the plane around to go back to Dallas because they couldn't get the two-year-old to keep the mask on. And so the mother, the grandmother, and the little baby were escorted off the plane by the police because a two-year-old was suffocating with asthma. Shame on you on American Airlines. And the flight attendant by the name of Carl, I just have this, I'm sorry, but I've flown American a number of times in the past year. And the Carls are like the Karens of the virus. And I just have this, don't get mad at me for saying it, having dealt with one such flight attendant, not me personally, but somebody on a plane that I was on flying to Virginia from Atlanta. Uh, this this one person uh, had this interaction with a flight attendant, and this flight attendant had his had his man bun and an attitude. Sir, you must put that mask up over your nose right now. I mean, just being snippy, and I think they're enjoying it, being snippy. How do we handle the anxiety, the face masks are given to us as something to make us believe we're doing something? The New England Journal of Medicine, back in April of last year, relying on 40 years worth of studies, stated they know that wearing a mask outside of a healthcare care facility offers little, if any, protection from any kind of infection. The chance of ca- catching COVID 19 from a passing interaction is virtually non existent. During the care of a patient with unrecognized COVID 19, a mask alone doesn't reduce the risk. And they stated universal ma- masking is not a panacea, there's no marginal benefit above and beyond normal other measures, and doing a mask protocol. Makes no sense. That's what they said until the politics demanded that they change their view and change their mind. And now we have a lot of these people that have recovered from COVID-19 and every one of these reprobate minded idiots are saying, you need the vaccine now, too where we also know the odds of somebody that has recovered from COVID-19 having an adverse reaction when they get the vaccine is five times greater than someone that never had COVID-19. So why risk it? There's this almost satanic desire to jab this stuff in the arms, and we know they don't work. They're proving. We're already talking about booster shots, maybe two or three a year. This is, like I say, a dangerous game of Fauci says and whack-a-mole all in one. There's something else to remember. If you dig deeply in some of the material that I've seen over the past year and a half, you understand You yeah. understand that these face mask things are, are done in lieu of having us all take value. A face mask will give us some confidence that we're doing something to protect ourselves. And sadly, I, I'll walk into a store and I will see some older couple, maybe in their mid-70s or 80s. And they have their face mask on and they have this look of fear in their eyes. And they stay away from everybody. They don't wear the face mask believing they're protecting you. They are falsely believing that mask is protecting them. And our our reprobate and satanic-mindedly governments are allowing them to believe a lie. I have another very important story on this that I wanna share with you. I'll do it on the other side of the break. And after I share that one story, we're gonna change directions entirely for the remainder of the program. I do want to share something personally from my heart to yours. That in these uncertain and strange times, I think all in all may be a help. So do remain with me. If you believe in the work we're doing here at Truth to Ponder, I'd love to hear from you. I know some of you only hear this program on the weekends. So it's kind of important if you're only a weekend listener, and there are several stations that only carry us on the weekend, would you let me know? Would you let me know that you are listening to this program? You can go to our website, truth2ponder.com. Truth2ponder.com. If you want to email me directly, by the way, I'm working on the website, so I need to probably include some more stuff for contact. Uh, I just haven't had the time to finish it. I'm working on it, and I'll do that very, very soon. Uh, you can go to our website, truth2ponder.com, truth2ponder.com. Mean a whole lot to me to hear from you from wherever you are listening. And if you want to support us financially, we are in Georgia until the first week or so of October. And our mailing address here is 21 Berkshire, B-E-R-K-S-H-I-R-E, 21 Berkshire Lane, number 263. We are in Sky Valley, two words, Sky Valley, Georgia, and the zip code is 30537. That zip code again,
1: 30537. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. One of the most powerful proofs that Jesus is the Messiah from the rabbis. Shalom alechem. This is the nice Jewish boy, Jonathan Khan, your Jewish connection, bringing you the riches of your Jewish roots in Jesus. Now get your pen out as fast as you can so you don't miss out on receiving a special free gift you're going to get and love in a moment. On Yom Kippur, in the days of Messiah, the high priest had to lay his hands on the head of the scapegoat and pronounce over it the sins of Israel. A scarlet ribbon was then tied around the horns of the scapegoat, and a piece of it was cut off and hung in the temple. The scapegoat was then led out of the temple, carrying Israel's sins into the wilderness where it was killed. Now, in the Talmud, the chief book of rabbinical Judaism, it's recorded that every year when the scapegoat was killed, the scarlet thread that hung in the temple would turn from scarlet to white symbolizing that Israel's sins were forgiven. But in an amazing passage of the Talmud in Yoma 39, it records that all of a sudden, that scarlet thread stopped turning white and never turned white again, symbolizing that God no longer accepted the sacrifice, that something of cosmic proportions had occurred. When did it happen? The Talmud records that it began about 40 years before the destruction of the temple. This is awesome. Because the year that the rabbis record as being the year of a cosmic change regarding the atonement of God was 30 A.D. Because that was the same time when Messiah, the scapegoat, was dressed in scarlet led to his death at Calvary to die for our sins once and for all. Isn't God awesome? So my friends, walk in confidence and courage because this salvation is more powerful and real than you ever imagined. Even the rabbis bear witness of it that though your sins were as scarlet as of 30 AD according to the Talmud they are now as white as snow want more ask for the scapegoat how would you like to receive daily meditations and teachings with the riches of your Jewish roots in Jesus to give you victory for every day of your week and updates on Israel and prophecy a free subscription to Sapphires and the mystery of the temple doors all free how do you get it easy remember Jesus' Hebrew name Yeshua and dial it that's it just dial 1-800 Yeshua 1 colon. Now, 1-800-YESHUA-1. Now, I invite you to join with me in the Great Commission to bring salvation back to the Jewish people and to reach millions of unreached peoples around the world on five continents. Just call now, 1-800-YESHUA-1. That's Y-E-S-H-U-A-1. Or write me direct. The Nice Jewish Boy, Box 1111, Lodi, New Jersey. 07644. That's box 1111. That's Lodi, L-O-D-I, New Jersey, 07644. Well, until next time, this is Jonathan Khan saying Shalom Aleichem. Peace be to you, my friend, in Mashiach, Messiah, the Anointed One.
0: is truth to ponder with bob bierman and i want to welcome you back to part two of our weekend edition of truth to ponder and i'm your host bob bierman got a few stories that i want to share with you during this segment i want to finish off what i started in the first half and i definitely want to change gears entirely to share something from my heart it's never easy for me to do this, but I'm going to do it because I believe some of what I can share with you will be an enormous help in your life. We talked a lot about the numbers and the realities of this, of this long-term pandemic, and we talk about it a lot for one reason. People are scared. People have been manipulated, and they're living in fear. It's amazing, last year in, oh, I don't know, October... Everybody said, we can never take a vaccine that was developed by Donald Trump, so I'm not going to ever take it. And then, during the presidential campaign, and then also as we got into before the inauguration, there'll never be mandates that everybody must take this new experimental vaccine. And when people tell me it's approved, approved how? The entire process was political and short-circuited. So we don't, it's never been approved the way any other vaccine in the last hundred years has been approved. Somebody sent me an email, two lab mice talking to each other in, the, in their little cages. And the one mouse says to the other, have you taken the vaccine yet? And the other one says, no, the human trials aren't done yet. And that's kind of where we're at right now when it comes to the vaccine. I know a lot of my friends and people I know have taken it. And and I'm choosing not to. And I know that I'm going to be ostracized. I'm going to be told I can't go to certain places. I get it. But I, I really believe in time. My heart tells me I'll be proven right. This rushing into a vaccine, I think, has a lot more to do with people that have culpability and how this virus was released and developed to begin with. And they're desperate, with a reprobate, delusional mind trying to undo the damage they've done before the world catches on. How many of you have ever heard the term cult? C-U-L-T, a cult. Many of us remember back in the 70s, Jim Jones, the People's Temple And they moved to their place in South America to be left alone. And and all of them committed suicide by drinking a poisonous Kool-Aid. They did it because their cult leaders said this is what they must do to please the cult leader. Cults have got something always in common. They start with an element of truth and they fill it full of poison. In terms of theology, they steal from sound doctrine, distort it, destroy it, and repackage it in hopes of fooling the gullible. The Bible warns a lot about the false teachers and preachers, the cult leaders. And honestly, I've come to conclude there's a Covidian cult. I I, I jokingly call them the mass Covidians. And they all believe in this new normal. And we must have a global totalitarian ideological movement going on here where the world becomes as one. We are the world to fight a virus. And we're all going to take our vaccination. We're all going to get our digital IDs. We're all going to be here in the United States. You've got the Biden administration wanting to know about any amount of money over $600 in your checking account. Why? Why do they want to know where you're spending your money? What business is it of the government if what you're spending your money upon is legal? Whatever happened to the security of our persons and papers in our Constitution? It's disappearing. It started disappearing in 2001 with the Patriot Act. Even back then, I tried not to believe that was true. I tried to believe we were doing the right thing, but as time has gone on, those that sounded the alarm twenty years ago were dead on. We've given we've given some courts and some agencies far too much secretive spy power on you and I. So we have this Colvidian cult, the new normal. And if you don't believe everything that comes out of the prophet Fauci's mouth you are ostracized you are told you're, you're endangering the public health yet Fauci can change his mind on a dime and everybody still believes every word he has to say he can get on MSNBC or CNN and they worship every word that falls out of his mouth we have a new reality right now we have a ministry of truth if you, if you dare share truth real numbers The other day, I shared with you two things. Uh, Number one, uh, the audio, it's kind of hard to hear of a Zoom call conversation that got leaked. This is between doctors and hospital marketing people. How do we make the COVID numbers look really, really scary? What can we say without exactly lying, but still lie, but still be considered the truth and not get caught? The first half hour, this program I shared with, with you some of that reality how they're coming up with these fear-mongering numbers. Yes, as I said in the first half hour, there are some people that will die of this, as people die of many things. And I'm not going to put myself in harm's way. I'm 67. I've got to be a little bit more careful than if I was, let's say, 37. Life is different. We've been dealing with this almost cult idolatry of a virus. More people are relying on the words of, of Anthony Fauci than the word of God. More people have fear of a virus than the fear of God. More people will say, I'm never going to church again. I might get a virus there. Though they still get to Walmart. I don't know how that works, but they, they've made it up in their mind That the virus is here to stay until everybody gets vaccinated, which is never going to happen. And I don't understand this vaccine, I guess. I don't have a medical degree, but something tells me that every vaccine ever given to anybody was with the idea that that gives you immunity from that particular disease. I did not get a polio shot as a child to keep somebody else from getting polio. I didn't get a measles or rheumatic fever, whatever the uh, uh, chicken pox, all that stuff. I didn't get those shots so somebody else wouldn't get it. The idea was so I wouldn't get it. And somehow we have warped this thing that you need to get the vaccine to protect somebody else. And it makes no sense. That's like saying, hey, Bob, it's a cold winter's day here in Canada. It's January, don't you know? And the temperature outside is way below freezing. So I'm freezing to death. So put a jacket on to make me warm. This is, and we're believing it. There's that COVIDian cult. And you can show people facts over and over again until you're blue in the face and they won't yield. No, no, the virus will kill. Fauci says, get the the vaccine. Tell people that This vaccine has had more adverse effects that we know of than any other vaccine in the last, oh, I don't know, 100 years. Oh, no, it doesn't. They died of something else. But no matter what you die of unvaccinated, it becomes magically COVID. And there's my problem. I've been asked a couple of times, why are you so adamant about what you're saying regarding this virus? And it goes back to, my time in emergency management, helping a large county respond to COVID-19. Part of my job every day in the afternoon was to get back to my hotel and watch the afternoon briefing that occurred around 5 o'clock Eastern time, and I made meticulous notes, even got a copy of the transcripts and everything else. And then I'm looking at the data coming in from various health agencies, federal and state, talking with our health director for the county. And so many things were already in deep conflict. Things they're saying here made no sense over here. And somehow we went from 15 days to flatten the curve to face diaper wearing, uh, social distancing, and things that when you study the history, number one, we know from 40 years of study, a mask is a worthless exercise in theater. That's all it is for a virus. And the social distancing was an idea that some, I think, fifth or sixth grader had and sent it to a president like 20 some odd years ago for how to help in, you know, dealing with illnesses Keep people farther apart. And all this has become our mantra. Something from a fifth grader and and bad science about a face mask and then a vaccine that's not a vaccine. But everybody's got to take it so we can get back to normal. The reality is we're never going back to normal if those that have their their way get their way. And I'm saying this all for one reason. This is rapidly becoming nothing but a cult in and of itself. Period. There are effective treatments that are being suppressed by the tech tyrants. And, of course, those that stand to make billions of dollars like Pfizer and Moderna and others. I mean, why why have a, an inexpensive treatment that actually works? We can't have that because it's going to take the billions of dollars you're throwing at us. Of taxpayer money away and so it goes back to follow the money follow what governments get the big pharma guys get billions of your dollars and the government gets more control of your life period it's totalitarianism dressed up as a disease and this is not the first time in history that these type of things have been used. As long as we can keep everybody in fear, you keep everybody abiding in what you want them to do. I choose today to fear the Lord. I choose day to walk in His will. And when my time is up, whether it's next week, tonight, or 25, 30 years from now, it matters not. As long as I am serving Him in truth, in true worship, and obedience. Canada, they shut down churches. And if you dare try to worship God, the state, the state in Canada, Trudeau wants to, he wants to be the Canadian people's God. All this nonsense, all this unscientific, you know, Kabuki theater steps of face mask wearing, social distancing, none of which have worked. And now the vaccine. And if you ever want to go grocery shopping again in France, you have to get your passport. Real quick, there are a lot of people that talk about a number of people may not survive the vaccine. Now, I don't know if the numbers are right or not. I have a suspicion That a large number of people will die sooner than they normally would have had they not taken it. I also know that its protection capability to the human body disappears in a matter of months. So we have to have endless boosters. And at some point when your body is creating all these various spike proteins, many of which can cause blood clots and other issues, as we keep taking more and more of this, more and more people are going to be showing severe side effects, including death. Right now, there are people like Fauci trying to cover their tracks for the evil they have wrought upon this world, playing with a bat virus in cooperation with a lab in China and the Chinese Communist Party and... The Chinese People's Liberation Army and in violation of things that were illegal in the country, in this country at the time, and funneled your money to make it happen and played games by giving that money to a third party so they could say, oh, we're not funding gain of function research. We're funding this company, who, by the way, is doing gain of function research. I hope the truth comes out. And I believe, honestly, I keep praying about this, and the Lord just lays this upon my heart. This is just me giving you my strongest opinion. The truth on so many issues is going to come out, and it's going to come out rapidly. It's going to come out quickly. And many people are going to be absolutely surprised. Now, how that changes things, I don't know. But for the church, we might get a little extra time to prepare for the worst days that are yet ahead. Now let me change gears. I didn't mention it last weekend because of the fact that it was 9-11 to be remembered at the 20th anniversary. But it's also a very different anniversary for me. I want to take you back 17 years ago. year is 2004. And I am the pastor of a growing church in Sarasota, Florida. My wife and I had arrived there in 1998 to a tiny, struggling mission that had no hope, or at least it appeared it had no hope. And the Lord said, take that job, and he miraculously provided ways for us to make it happen. And we moved to that area, bought a little house just south of Sarasota in Venice, Florida, you know, 15, 20 minutes away from the church. A lot of my congregation also lived in Venice. And all over Sarasota, even Bradenton. And we were growing. My wife and I loved it there. Well, two thousand two she had a diet. she went to the doctor because she had something she felt in her one of her breasts. It turned out to be cancer. And they took it out, she did the radiation and the chemo and all that goes with it, and everything seemed fine. And we had a wonderful two thousand three. It all changed in January of 2004. I was supposed to speak at a church in uh, Tennessee. We were both looking forward to taking the trip. But she came down with what appeared to be the flu just a few days before we were supposed to leave, and I was going to cancel. She insisted I go, so I drove from Florida to Tennessee, uh, met with two different churches. I was going to meet with two different churches, got to the first place, did that service, And I knew my wife had a doctor's appointment. Our daughter was going to make sure she got to on Monday. Turned out she had lung cancer now from the breast cancer. Very aggressive, too. So I I came home as fast as I could. And they put her in the hospital. It looked very grim. And I agreed for an experimental treatment that actually worked for quite a long time. And all the tumors in her lungs disappeared, and she got off oxygen, and she got her life back for a while. In August in August of 2004, we celebrated our 29th wedding anniversary. And we were looking toward the future. In September, September the 12th, which would be a Sunday, would have been our granddaughter's 10th birthday. And she had some ideas of what she wanted to give our granddaughter for her birthday gift. And she couldn't find what she wanted, a toy sewing machine. And so as we got it, you know, Friday, which was like the 10th, she went out with the daughter and they couldn't find it. And so Saturday morning, the 11th, because we're going to celebrate the birthday at a beach in Venice. You know, it'd be a lot easier for her and her little friends to come out for, you know, like a a cookout and party at the beach around, you know, 630 in the evening till about 8 o'clock, 830 at night. And so we went to the store. And my wife, she seemed she had been seeming a little bit tired, a little dizzy occasionally, but that's to be expected from the medication that she was on. Well, the next day was Sunday. We actually went to the party on Saturday evening. Sunday morning, I got up. She was just so tired. I said, you stay home. And I went and conducted the two church services. And on the way home, I get a call that something's wrong. And she appeared to have a stroke. It actually was brain cancer that had crept up so quickly. And so, on the 12th of September, she collapsed. And I said goodbye to her as she went into a coma. And she stayed in that coma for over 10 days. Now, on Sunday, Sunday the the, um, the 19th, I felt very strongly to go to my church and conduct services. It was the hardest thing I ever did. I thought about sharing the message that I preached. I have a recording, but the audio quality is hard to hear. But I told everybody what had occurred in the days prior. And then I shared with them my hope in Christ Jesus, the hope that my wife had in eternal life. That when she found out the news, before she fell into that coma and she could still talk with me, though her words were slurring. She laughed when I explained to her that she's dying. And she started explaining that she had outlived her parents' age. She always thought she would die young, and she thought that she had gotten more than she was entitled on this earth. She was ready to go home. I've spent a lot of time as a hospice chaplain in my early ministry. And I can honestly say, outside of my grandparents, I never met anybody as ready to go home to meet their Savior as my late wife. And I came to explain that to the church and shared with with my congregation the words of one of my wife's favorite hymns My faith looks up to thee, thou Lamb of Calvary, Savior divine. Now hear me while I pray, take all my guilt away, and let me from this day be holy thine. I'm going to give you the last two verses because they sum it all up so well. When life's dark maze I tread, and griefs around me spread, be thou my guide. Bid darkness turn to day, wipe sorrows tears away nor let me from ever stray from thee aside. And lastly, when ends life transient dream, and when death's cold a sullen stream shall o'er me roll, blessed Savior, then in love, fear and distrust remove, O oh, bear me safe above a ransomed
2: soul. 舍
0: Is gone for today, and I hope this show has been a blessing. If it means something to you, send me an email at Bob at truth the number two ponder.com. Our mailing address is 21 Berkshire, B-E-R-K S-H-I-R-E, 21 Berkshire Lane, number 263. That's number two six three. In Sky Valley, two words, Sky Valley, Georgia, three zero five three seven.